Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm Porter Hayes, and as alongside me is Adam Hall. We're also brought to you by Bet Online. It continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting on your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Before we dive into what was yesterday with the men's basketball team, Adam, I have to, have to congratulate your Baltimore Ravens on beating the Texans 34-10 to advance to the championship game. Um, just give you a th- just a chance to talk about that and and seeing some vintage Baltimore Ravens defense with this new flair with Lamar Jackson. Uh, you thought that Lamar was kind of a, a flash in the pan, and and I kind of want to bring the Bucks into it too. You see players like him and Baker Mayfield get kind of counted out. Mm-hmm. Now Lamar's an MVP, and now he's led his team again to the championship game. Yeah, you know, coming into the league, um, there's all the talk on and he's a running back, he's this, he's that, and he's, you know, he's mobile, yes, and he's probably at this point, um, I know there's a lot of people that will still put Mike Vick up there, but, I mean, Lamar's probably the best running quarterback that the NFL has seen. Uh, yesterday he threw for 152 yards, ran for 100 yards, four total touchdowns. So, you know, it's one of those things that, They've fought through different, um, you know, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and they've really found um, their niche, if you will. They've gone back to the, you know, power defense that they're known for uh, leading the league or up there and rushing. So it's one of those things that they're, yeah, like you said, they're getting back to their their older roots. And, you know, it's been since 2012 that they've been in this position. So that's, that's really what I'm looking for. Um, I'm hoping that, that – they play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Um, I'd like for Lamar and the Ravens to get over the hump with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but whatever happens, happens. Well, it, it being at home, you know, you ain't got to worry about, you know, mm-hmm. the 20,000 uh, cutoffs to Taylor Swift. And I, I'd seen something funny before the Bills game. A, a fan had posted uh, Josh Allen with Taylor Swift walking next to Kelsey looking back, mm-hmm. kind of that whole meme. I thought that was – that was pretty funny on, on that part. But uh, another former hog, uh, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, talk about, you know, how much of an impact he's had on the 49ers on the defensive side. And I know Brock Purdy gets a lot of flack saying how the defensive carries, but it was really nice to see Dre, you know, kind of seal off the win. And we got the clip mm-hmm. that will show you of him uh, intercepting love to uh, really seal it for the 49ers. 25 yards, love. Pressure up the middle, runs away, throws across his body, and that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down, and the game's over. San Francisco. You imagine if he would have fumbled that. That's, you know, immediately (laughs) what was going through my head was, oh, this ball comes out. You know, he was wanting to score. Um, Dre has been a huge piece to San Francisco's defense for a number of years now. Um, you know, he's had his ups and downs with some injuries here and there. Um, you know, there's been several fans and some media that have come after him for different types of plays or, you know, John at people, whatever it may be, but he, he shows up for his team and he made, you know, two interceptions yesterday and one of them sealed the game for him. You know, I always have a hard time with, you know, the whole, and, and this even goes to college now. And part of, you know, the players getting paid, it's it's an entertainment. It is entertainment. You know, and I think with, you know, like WWE and MMA, and when you get to that level, and especially where we are, you know, I think you should be allowed to taunt. I think if you bring in taunting, 
you bring in trash talk. You know how, and I, I would never say get in, in the basketball sense as uh, the N one circuit, but you imagine how much fun it would be if you were allowed to taunt, if you were allowed to do those things and not be penalized. Because, again, it's for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. These players are paid millions of dollars, yes, to play and perform and win, but I would love to see more of a trash-talking aspect, bring some new flair to it, especially with TV ratings going down across the board on all these sports. I think it would be interesting to have a player mic'd up. Hey, look, put put something on there before the TV broadcast or something. Hey, look, we're going to try to have this on a delay where we can bleep out some of the stuff, but – you know, I, I think it would be really cool for professional sports. Yeah, and you've seen it more and more in the spring leagues, which I know the, what is it, XFL and USFL forced or joined, yeah. merged. So now it's just the UFL, but they've done the uh, the mic'd up during games so you can really hear it. Um, I know baseball's done it a time or two during some of the um, early games in the season with some of the players. And it's just interesting, which I know the ones on the, uh, on the MLB, like I remember the Braves did it and it was funny is because the guy that was mic'd up was also mic'd up with the announcers. <laughs> so it was Chipper Jones and whoever their other play ball oh, coach yeah, were, yeah, yeah. were in his ear, like while he's up to bat, while he's, you know, and it's just, it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to listen to, but you know, the NFL got away from, you know, the excessive celebrations and this and that they were flagging everything. And then they brought it back to where, okay, you can do so much, which brought back, you know, a lot of the end zone celebrations that we see, which is, I mean, it's, you know, five to 10 seconds, it's funny. And then you move on from yeah. it versus, you know, they, they get it out of their system. You know, it's one of those things like with, uh, with hockey that I've always, which I know a lot of fans like, you know, the fighting or this and that, you know, hockey, they allow the players to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, when they throw off their gloves, there's a term in hockey, and it's called throwing down the gauntlet, and they let them fight until basically one of them hits the ground or um, the other one's just, you know, beating them to a pulp yep. so they have to pull them off of each other. But they get it out of their system. Yep, turns into an MMA. They both throw them in a box, and then mm-hmm. they get it, you know, again. But, yep. you know, I'll, and, and I'll trade. I'll, I'll propose a trade. You trade having more flair and mic'd up players opposed to reporters – interviewing the coaches after a, a first half or, you know, I mean, really while they're trying to play call, hey, what would you think? I mean, it's – one, it, it's got to be frustrating for the coaches sitting there trying to uh, talk when, hey, we just gave up 400 yards of pass, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would I would definitely trade all of that. But now that we kind of got that out of the way, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, which is Arkansas Razorback basketball and – um press conference I really want to ask the fans how tired are you hearing I don't know is you know is it too soon is it one of them PTSD kind of things where now we're hearing it in the basketball they were supposed to kind of be the savior bring us out of this darkness of the four and eight season basketball season but this is kind of what was said after the game why do you think there was the lack of effort that's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. And, and I know there's a lot of games left, but this is not obviously trending in a good direction. Uh, do, do you feel like you guys can still get it going? And if Definitely. so, what, 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 what's it going to take? Everybody buying in. You know, everybody doing their job. You know, that's, that's what it's going to take for every team, you know. But not speaking of every team, but our team, you know, it's just buying in and just staying. Yeah, and those are the thoughts after the game. And you, you kind of get into, especially nowadays, Adam, you get into a gray area of is he calling people out or is he trying to light a spark? And without knowing him or knowing what's going on behind the scenes of the team, it, it's it's almost like you kind of want to see that, hey, look, we got to all buy in. But then, man, it, it scares you in a way of, we're this deep into the season. You're 18 games into the season. You're 10 and 8, 1 and 4 in conference play. Adam, I really want to ask this is just what's confusing about it is why do you need to get bought into this team when you've seen the success of what Musselman and his staff's done? And that's where I will stand by. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are disappointed in this season, but you're wanting to blame the coach. And yeah, he, he might have 
botched this whole recruiting. It happens, and it's happened to him this year. But if you're having to say, we got to get players bought in to a team that's made it to three straight 16, sweet 16s in a row, two elite eights, that's on the players. I'm, I'm sorry I might be in the minority on that, but I think when you look at what Musselman's done and all the people he's put in the pros, how do you still have to get guys bought into what's going on in Arkansas? Yeah, I didn't really understand that answer. With You know, I just took it maybe as he's not wanting to throw somebody under the bus mm-hmm. or there's still a lot of questions, in, which there shouldn't be, but still questions in the locker rooms by the players. And then I look at that like, you know, it's – a bunch of individuals versus a team. Yeah. Um, potentially guys that aren't bought into being a role player, guys that aren't accepting of being a role player. But, you know, there. Uh, I think we're, it's a little bit too late, and I hate to say that, and I hope I'm wrong, to turn things around. Because, like you said, 18 games in, and you're, you know, having to say guys have to buy in. I mean, that should be something that possibly comes up in your first two or three games. Yeah, and we talked about last week. Look, you know, to me, the barrier is not just winning the, the A&M game. You've got to use that as a transition into now turning things around. You got the first part done, and now you went right back to laying an egg in the SEC. You're losing your SEC games by almost 20 points a game. 20 points a game. Not team point eight, I believe, is your, your losses in SEC mm-hmm. play. That's not good. I mean – Especially when you're you're sitting at one and four, and you are two and three, you're zero and two on the road, eight and three at home. So you're you've lost three games at home, and your SEC losses you're getting almost beat by twenty points a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just looking down the you know the stats from yesterday, I mean it's you know Mark showed up again. He had eighteen points coming off his thirty five point game. But then, I mean, you've got nobody else in double figures. Um, Devo, or no, we had Ellis next with nine, which I thought Ellis at times looked great. I mean, he was run, he was going to the basket with the ball. He's making light, you know, he's driving. He's he's trying at least. There's some effort being put up there. Um, Devo was next with eight. Um, Davenport had eight off the bench. And then it was just a bunch of twos and threes and a four. I mean, you know, Brazil played 25 minutes and only took three shots and had three points. Yeah. So. When you look at the stats, you look at look at the production. South Carolina took almost 10 – they took eight less shots than you did and beat you by 13. You threw up 62 shots, 18 threes. They were, you were five for 18 from the three, and they were nine of 18 from the three. So – you could look at that as part of that was the different a part of the difference is you're still not defending the three. You're still allowing nine to ten threes a game. Free throw shooting. I mean, they helped you out. They shot seventy one percent or seventy yeah seventy one percent from the free throw line. And you look, you outscored them on the bench. They only outscored you by six in the paint, and then you outscored them fourteen to five and second a second chance points. So that just points to are is are they just throwing up shots or is it shot selection ball movement you know I can't remember who said it a few weeks back but they were talking about the fact that is Musselman still doing his two hundred passes a game I don't know if he is I hadn't heard that brought up or asked but it was a good point because that's what he tries to do with his team and. Musselman, you know, him coming out saying, we've tried everything. We've tried different rotations. We've tried all this stuff and nothing is working. Hmm. One, is the talent really there that we're used to? Or is it people just not, like you said, buying into the roles that needs to turn this thing around? Looking at yesterday, I mean, I think it was early in the first, I say early, somewhere in the first half, the commentators had said that Musselman had already used 11 players. Mm Mm-hmm which is rare, you know, for him, you know, it's usually your seven to eight. So yeah, he's trying to find whatever will work. Um, the 200 passes per game. I know obviously they keep that stats, uh, up at the, up in Fayetteville, but if from the eye test, I don't see it because there's a whole bunch of dribbling and then throwing up ill-advised late in the shot clock shots. 
Um, you know, we've cut down on the turnovers, but, you know, we're, we haven't gained anything necessarily anywhere. Um, one thing that I looked at was yesterday was the assists. And Texas A&M had 20 and Arkansas had nine. So there's not much distribution at all. Yeah, and and as alarming as that is, they're even worse on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, that that's it, – it's it's crazy. We talk about – you know, what we kind of led with the show or teased the show about was, you know, you talk about the football season and then the I don't knows and we, we're trying everything and we're getting the same results. It, it's, it's worse in the basketball because you've had the success, you've had the expectations, and you ha- on top of that you had the hope that, all right, yes, we're out of, you know, football season. Okay, now at least we got basketball. Well, now basketball is not even coming through, and now everybody's waiting for baseball season. You know, it's just one of them things that as a fan, they're tired of losing, and one, they're tired of getting duped. They're tired of this, you know, this shiny package of this team, and then they see the product, or they they win a game, and then they can't go two, three wins in a row. They can't put a run together to make look like they're going to put things together. But I didn't even think about the whole thing about the press conference about buying in, and it just hit me when we were talking about it of that shouldn't be a problem, and is it a problem that can even be fixed? If you can't get guys to buy in halfway through the season, you you should have had, and this is not from the coach's standpoint or coach's fault, but you should have been bought in when you first come on campus. If you, yeah. And it's alarming to, you know, think about where this season, I mean, is going to finish. And, you know, I know that there's been a lot of talk. Um, This team, the transfer portal, recruiting, this and that, you know, I was looking at um, next year's. And, you know, we've got two guys that are in the top 100, one in the top 50 in the country in high schoolers, um, Jalen Shelley and um, Elohim, which I know I'm probably pronouncing his last name wrong. Uh, one out of Link Prep up in Branson, and the other is out of Sierra Canyon in California. But, you know, these guys, I was just looking through the roster while you were talking. I mean, it, you know, we're going to lose some. Um, just, you know, going to go. I mean, we've got a couple of the grad school guys that could, after your grad transfer, there's no limits. You don't have to sit. You can transfer wherever. Um, so I think, you know, we might lose some of them. But there's a lot of guys that still have eligibility on this team. So, you know, it's, are they going to move on and you're going back to the portal? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that are going to surround it. Yeah. And that's where the, the iffy part of this is, is these contracts are year to year, Mm -hmm. you know, Musselman has every right to be like, okay, we are going to do a complete overhaul of this team. But then again, do you have the recruiting class coming in to compensate plus what's going to be in the portal? You know, trying to now Musselman for the first time where his job's really going to get hard is you're seeing a slide in your program with how this team's playing. You're not getting guys to get bought in. You can't build off of that. You know, look, look at all the people who come to Arkansas off of word of mouth of other guys. Now, if you this class is not bought in, they're not telling other people to come play to Arkansas, or, or you know something's going on to where you know they're not rec- helping recruit like in past. Yeah, I know there's been some speculation, or at least I've seen it, in, you know, on X or on Facebook comments, and I think you know it's mostly from the fans, people thinking that oh, is must check down to see where you're looking. And, you know, and a lot of that's just, it's way too early to say that because of one season like this, that he's just going to jump ship. I don't think he's that type. Um, I think there's not really anywhere in college that I could see that would benefit him any more to go to yeah. than for what he's done here and what he's doing here, you know. He's never had a season below 20 wins in college. Um, this could be that year, unfortunately. But, you know, it's one of those things that I trust that he's going to right the ship and know what, you know, he needs to fix for next year. Um, you know, I do question the, some of the things with, 
you know, we never really seem to go get a big. And I feel like at some point in the seasons, there's always been a big to, that exposes Arkansas when we've played them. And so I don't know if that will ever change, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I haven't lost faith in the future. It's just this season is really looking a little grim. And, and that both can be correct. That's the thing. I mean, Musselman could be checked out of this year. The team could be checked out of this year. I mean, I was just looking at some statistics and the the field goal percentage, the effective field goal percentage. They rank two hundred twelfth in the country. Mm-hmm. They they've shot, they've attempted a thousand forty two shots, made four hundred sixty eight of them, and one hundred fifteen of them were threes through eighteen games. I mean that when you're having to go to page five of the stats to find out where you rank efficiently on your field goal percentage. I mean, I was trying to look for their defensive stats and, you know, Mm -hmm. and also it's just what we're used to seeing with this team. We're seeing a different style of team. We're not seeing the flashiness with, but again, let's look at the roster out outside of Trevin Brazil, which he's not playing what he was last year. I don't know if he's still, I mean, and look, we got to give him some grace. I mean, he could still be not 100% because of his injury. But how many of these guys can you look and know that they're NBA players? No, I mean, not many in my opinion. I look at, um, you know, the guys that Arkansas currently has in the league, and I kind of gauge some of these transfer guys as – you know, I look at um, Ricky Council, even Jordan Walsh, even though he wasn't a transfer, but Justin Smith, Audis Tony, um, these guys that are busting their butts in the G League mm-hmm. day in and day out, um, just trying to um, get their chance, you know, to get called up for a game or two. I know Ricky Council, um, I think Thursday or Friday night, had his first NBA points after he got called up for the game. I mean, granted, he had one point in two minutes. It was a free throw. But at the same time, it's, you know, he's doing whatever he can to get on that NBA floor. And Jordan Walsh is the same way. He's exactly. had a couple of games that he's popped in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I don't see that in these guys. And and that's the biggest difference. And, and really when I was looking at the whole Minifield situation and I was trying to see if maybe that would spark the team because it's the same exact thing. A guy that wasn't even sure he would get to play this year. A guy that fought and begged and appealed to try to get his spot on the team this year gets it. I mean, how that didn't sit there and and you talk about buying in. If a guy that he could easily just had an extra year of eligibility. You know, Mm -hmm. he could have just, you know, hey, we'll just cash it in on next year. But he fought to – he's seen something in his team. He's seen something where he wanted to give this team a chance and for the team to, in return, play as flat. And, and that's the thing, man. Bud Walton Arena is that arena where you should come out and play electric. You should play in front – it should be – it should mean something to come out and play in front of those fans that show so much passion – for this team, mm-hmm. and and they're not. You shouldn't. I mean, and look, South Carolina's a good team. We're not coming in here saying that this team was a slouch. And you know, if this we're talking about, you know, if this would have happened, the last game gets Texas A&M, maybe. But you know, South Carolina's a really good team. But you got to get stronger on the inside. You you've got to change the whole aspect of this team. Back to my point of the different. You know, style of play. You know, Arkansas ranks 108th in fast break points. Only 11.78 points per game are off fast break. How many fast breaks did we see last year? How many flash plays off a rebound? You know, that's the difference in this team because you talk about excitement and buying in. Those plays lead to excitement. Those plays lead into, you know, getting hyped up for this team. And, you know, it's just – Again, it's it's tough to watch. I mean, I was watching a little bit of it, and you know, it's if you just don't see any. I mean, you're seeing half-ass effort on the defensive side of the ball, and you're just letting guys blow by you. There's no there's no 
dog. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing the J.D. Notes, the Justin Smiths, Mason Jones, Isaiah Joes, these dogs, Jalen Williams. You know, one of mm-hmm. you know uh, Will Whitson put out, or I think it was Will Whitson or um, J.C. Jackson Collier put out. If you could take somebody off of another mm-hmm. uh, Eric Musselman team, I said Mason Jones because you need that dog that can come and get you twenty. The only reason why I didn't take Jalen Williams is because I don't think he could give you twenty on every given night. Yes, they need that leader, but Mason Jones could command the floor. And we were talking during the game that the the A and M game when when Davenport mm-hmm. was leading the commanding in the offense and they were running mm-hmm. set plays. They looked good, so it, it's just you really want to see them. But the hope of them turning this thing around just kind of goes more and more to a, a zero probability. Yeah, there's just not any, you know, crashing the boards or, cre- you know, getting on the fast break out of steals. Um, you know, we're just not seeing that this year. You know, especially we keep seeing the stat that, um, you know, we're leading the nation in blocks or we're top mm-hmm. two or three in blocks. And uh, one of the commentators made a point, and I don't know if it was at this game or the game before, that, you know, we're le- it's, a, it's a stat that we're leading the country in, but when we're – doing that and say we're risking to go get the block and we don't get it, we're then leaving up somebody open for the offensive rebound or, you know, whatever the case, which, you know, it happens, but it's, it's something that I saw too many times yesterday, which we've, I've said it multiple times this season, somebody throws up a shot and you've got two to three guys that are already starting to take off back down the court. Mm -hmm. And they, they, I remember one play in particular yesterday that happened two of the Arkansas guys in Africa who it was were started to take off and the long rebound would have came right back to them, but because they had already taken off, they didn't get it. And I'm just kind of, you know, looking at things like that because we got within six in the second half and then that ballooned to 19 really quick. Yeah. And, and that could be the style of play that they're wanting to play. You look at the women's side and what coach neighbors wants to do. He wants to a lot of the times have one rebounder and four back. I mean, that's just the style of play that, I, I don't totally agree with it, but, you know, it's just one of them things that if you have two guys and you have two guys already back, you're, but then again, if that's not even leading you to fast break points, if the blocks per game and the, the what we would call cherry pickers mm-hmm. are running back and it's not leading to more fast break points, you need to adjust. You need to switch back. Again, like you said, you're, you're basically giving up a part of your defense by sending guys back if you, you just don't have – you don't have faith in your team and you're not running set plays. I, mm-hmm. I just think that there needs to be more cohesiveness. And it is the coach's job to try to get the best out of it. I mean, you're getting paid this money to try to do the best you can. But then again – if, if the players don't want to go out and do it on the court, there's nothing There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, no matter how much money you pay any coach. We've seen the best of it. We've seen Calipari. We've seen Coach K. All the guys lose control of teams. I mean, it happens all over college, and especially with this new era of, of NIL. The, the question right here was NIL guaranteed a year amount. That depends on the deal. Some of these go six months during, you know, the season or a year. It, it just depends on what the – contractual agreement is but once they sign that uh yeah because i really if correct me if i'm wrong adam you're not allowed to give incentives or play am i am i no, correct it's, on that? it's not they cannot be based on pl- how well you play or how many games you play okay they have to leave that out of it That's i'm not saying that that doesn't happen say under the table yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, bylaws, everything. No, you cannot. You cannot make them um, based on performance. Yeah, and and I know that that's. I was making sure because I know you. Mm-hmm. But why would you think that would be wrong? It's not that I don't think it would be wrong. It's just you're going to have to then just accept the fact that you are a semi-pro team or well, a semi-pro league. Well, I mean, it's kind of what. It, but could you imagine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just. I, it's popping my head, but let's just throw it out there. Uh, Jack Davenport, he, he needs to get one more rebound to get this. Oh yeah, <laughs> he just pushes his own teammate out of the side, mm-hmm. and you know it's things like that, or it comes to a, where they know they don't like the guy, and 
He, they mm-hmm. know he needs – and they just block his his own teammate's shot. I mean, crazy things like that. I know that's out of the realm, but – no, I mean, it, it happens. I mean, these, especially if you look at the NFL, how many guys do you hear week 17, week 18, whatever uh-huh. it is now that, you know, he needs uh, six more catches to get a half a million dollar bonus uh-huh. or this, that, the, I mean, I know the other night it was just, it probably wasn't for anything contract related, but Giannis was one rebound away from a triple double. There's like three seconds left and he just threw up a little shot off the backboard, caught it, buzzer went up just yeah. so he could have that triple double. Yeah, there was a guy... A while back, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I want to say it was Metal World Peace or somebody like that. It was back in that they they done the same thing. They they threw a shot off the rim mm-hmm. and grabbed their own rebound. It was at a blowout game, but yeah, but I wouldn't be opposed to it because you're not gaining any more advantage by you know bringing a player here for. I mean, nil is nil, but if you want to get the I mean, if you're a business or you're anybody wanting a return of interest or a return of investment, you want the guy to be on the floor. You, But then again, I can see the gray area of that person gets paid to play this amount of minutes and he's not that good or he's – and now you got a booster calling muscle mm-hmm. and, hey, what my, I'm, I'm paying my guy he ain't on the floor. I mean, I see both ways of it now, but it's just – you know that NIL is part of this. You, you, mm-hmm. We can all see it. We can all see that the transfer portal won because, again, you're getting five guys or three guys from different schools trying to come together as a team, and sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. After break, we're going to carry on the conversation. Um, then we'll talk about the week ahead, talk about college game day, game day coming to Bud Walton Arena finally for the first time. And, boy, it's um, couldn't have it a worse time, huh? You know? I mean, mm, it's just, yeah. you, be careful what you wish for. But we'll talk about that after the break. Attention DOIs and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Metters Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck, most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today, and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our heroes, history, and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the Law Office of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. And we're looking at the schedule here, Adam, and we were talking about the importance of the AM win because it don't get any easier, especially when you're 13th in the SEC. 
you got two big road or two games at Ole Miss and then Kentucky. And man, it was like you talk about a big deflation. You're so happy before the the game against South Carolina because they just announced that game day is coming to Bud Walton Arena against Kentucky, 5 p.m. next Saturday. And then they lay this egg that was the South Carolina game. I mean, so just talk about what were your thoughts when you find, you know, when you've seen that game day was coming, but then you see the product that could be playing inside Butter Walton Arena. Few things came to mind. Um, you know, I think it was, they said it was the first time ever that, you know, basketball game day would be here. Um, uh, you know, I think we're, we're granted the games are always typically good. But I think we're reliving, you know, like they're hoping for the same thing, you know, the Michael Qualls put back dunk, mm-hmm. um, the big upsets. Um, I don't know what other matchups are going on that weekend, but I, I wish it hadn't been like their feature game. Um, I, I still didn't have the greatest feeling after the A&M game. I was just like, okay, we squeaked by after being up. So... It, it was, you know, I had mixed emotions about it. And then I look at Jay Billis and I'm just like, I wish you could have a conversation with a lot of Arkansas fans while you're here. Um, yeah. I hope that him and your Hunter, your check could sit down because, you know, they have a lot of their mm-hmm. back and forths on X over the years about NILs, about other things. And, you know, it's, they're coming there. I, I, I think it'd be a good time for, you know, them to have a sit down and hash things out or just talk about things. Yeah. And it'd be a conversation that I'd want to listen to. Um, and then I was reading that it happened yesterday, about this time yesterday, maybe a little bit later, that, um, you know, we're playing Kentucky, game day's coming, and Kentucky just got eligible a, a seven foot two or seven foot three Croatian um, nice. that has on their been on their on their team, but he hasn't been eligible. Well, now he's eligible, and I'm just like, great. <laughs> I guarantee that this dude is probably going to, you know, we'll say if he plays in their first game, whenever it is midweek, that he's going to have a uh, career day against Arkansas oh, on Saturday. Yeah. Was that the guy who done the shoulder shrug on the, on the, or is that another player for Kentucky? I know they were saying mm. a guy come in Kentucky and it was his first game. And I guess well, he, he, I don't, th- I don't think he played. Okay. okay. Any, like he hasn't played yet. Cause it was like, oh, at least I don't think he played this okay. weekend. But they call his nickname is the Croatian Unicorn, if that says anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh wait, um, he's yeah he played he had okay. 13 points yesterday in his first game, so yeah. it, it was eligible before that game. I, I just you know I look at big guys that have had their way against Arkansas, and I just saw that and was just like, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah, and you look at their you know they're 14 and three, four and one. I mean. It is always tough when they play. It's always um, a barn burner when they play. We, I just don't want to get embarrassed, man. I don't want to – you finally get – and look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. And this could be a conspiracy theory or whatever, but you know Jay Billis is going to be licking his chops if this is true. Mm-hmm. With everything that's been going back and forth between him and him and Hunter Yurichek, even if they do sit down and hash it out as much, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not saying it's not warranted. I'm just saying that all the stuff that Jay Billis has been getting on, you know, for the back and forth from the Razorback fans, why not? Hey, let's pick a Kentucky game where Kentucky could possibly blow them out. Or, you know, we, we know that – because, look, it's no secret that – it ain't like Arkansas has been on a big winning streak and then they hit a hit a lull against South Carolina or, or whatever. They, they've mm-hmm. been inconsistent all year. And so, yeah, you see this matchup between Kentucky and Arkansas and, you, and Jay Williams was praising about, you know, the atmosphere. We've seen it with, with uh, Marty Smith here. You know, I think it was last year during the snow game when he was here and the big blow-up uh, mascot – Dumped mm-hmm. his coffee. I mean, oh, it was yeah, just the, the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. We know it's possible, and I really hope that they come out to play. But I'm telling you, losing the way you did against South Carolina, then you've got to go to Ole Miss. 
and then I know as bad as it seems to say you're sitting one and four in conference, I don't want them to overlook the Ole Miss game. But either way, like, okay, we, we might lose this, but we're, we're going to play up for Kentucky. We're going to play it. We're going to be hyped for Kentucky. No matter what happens with the Ole Miss game, because you really need that one. I mean, they're two and three in conference, and they're 15 and three overall, 11 and 0 at home. So you're going to a team that has not lost at home all season yet. So tall task. Yeah. And then again, go ahead. No, I just, you know, back when we're with Ole Miss, it's as much as I don't like them, you know, it's the Chris Beard effect of Mm -hmm. what he's already done at Ole Miss. And I hate it, but it's, it's definitely not a game that, I mean, they should, they should definitely not overlook it just because of game day coming to town on Saturday. Yeah. And, it's it's almost to the point where <clears throat> we talked about this before the AM game. None of these games are over, you can overlook them, but I'm looking at the you know the aspect of game day and mm-hmm. it being Kentucky. There's going to be uh, some looking ahead. There is because you're 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 wanting to shine and they. But even if they were to pull off the upset and beat Kentucky, you've got you've again you've got to win two three in a row, get some momentum going, finish the rest of this season off with a bang. Hopefully you get enough tournament wins in the SEC tournament because we're getting to that point in time where the worse you're playing right now, the more tournament games, if not win the whole thing, to even get to the tournament. That, that's where you're at right now. I mean, mm-hmm. people are even counting you out of the NIT. That's how bad your team is right now. Yeah, and looking at, like, the rest of this month, next month, I mean, it's this is definitely, I would say, the hardest stretch of our schedule versus, you know, like in football, like ending or no, I guess that was mid, but, um, you know, coming into what you say, we got Ole Miss then Kentucky, um, at Missouri on January 31st. And then we go at LSU home against Georgia. Then, I mean, we still have Tennessee and Fayetteville. Um, but you know, you've got several winnable games, but it's just pulling your heads Mm-hmm. Out of your, you know what's, and I mean, just getting with it because, you know, any of these guys that are thinking future and potentially professional, it's kind of like you're not going to get there with the with this type of performance. Yeah, and you look at the like you were saying the schedule. You know, you play Missouri twice. You go play you know home and home with Missouri, but you've got to play Kentucky twice. Then you got to play Tennessee. Then Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's going to be a hard game. I, I don't care. Vanderbilt is always a tough game. The bit, good thing about it is that it's at home. But you just look, and I'm scrolling through the, the schedule right here, and you got after the Kentucky game, like you said, Missouri, you got two road games. So you look at the placement of that Kentucky game, and then after that, you've got to go on the road two times in the same week. Then you get lucky, and it's returned to you by two home games. So, these next two weeks, well, you look at the schedule out there, Tennessee on February 14th, Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day massacre. Um, you've, you've got some time to try to turn this thing around, but if your players aren't bought in, they're not bought in now. I just I don't see them turning it around. And th- maybe this is just me getting older, but has there been a season where we've had so many eight o'clock games? <laughs> yeah. Well, because I feel like all of our midweek games have been eight o'clock, and I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, that's like starting to get ready for bedtime. That's exactly. not that's not start it. That's not start a game time. I know we're waking up at two o'clock in the morning just to post a final <laughs> final Score, graphic. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I'm the same way. I'm with you. You know, having to get up at. 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, it's just – and especially how the team's playing. And I don't know if they thought that, okay, this team's going to be one of the top teams. We're going to put them at the 8 o'clock spot. Or they kind of knew. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're going to stick this team at the 8 o'clock spot. I, I don't know how or what goes into them uh, choosing what teams play at one time slot, but really hope for this team to turn around. I've said this countless, countless times, and – I shouldn't be saying it as much as I am, but it's like the fans deserve better. Mm-hmm. The fans deserve better from the football team. The fans deserve better from the players 
because one, every week we're seeing an ad about, hey, donate money to this NIL fund, donate money to this, donate to this, give what you can to this. We want to build a better roster. We want, I mean, but you got to put a good product on the floor. Mm-hmm. What it? What is my interest in? I'm going to give five, ten grand to this program if we're sitting at one and four in the conference, or we're sitting four and eight in, in football season. You know what? What's the incentive? What's in it for me? Uh, uh, I get a nice edge hoodie. I mean, you have fifty bucks. You get a you know or whatever it was. I think it was fifty bucks. You get an edge hoodie or something like that. I mean, and I'm not knocking what they're trying to do. I'm saying what is in it for me from the product of do I want to give my money and then on top of that still pay for the tickets to go to the game, still pay pay for the parking pass, still pay for the concessions. It's not cheap to go watch a Razorback football game or basketball game. I mean, I went to the FIU game and paid 20 bucks a ticket, but it was still $100 a person almost Mm -hmm. between parking and, you know, tickets and concessions and, you know, it's it's not cheap to go up there and watch a game. So, if you want, and then again, the players, you want more NIL or you want more of this, then you have to give more effort. You have to produce more. you got to start winning some of these games. Or you're going to walk into this game arena on Saturday and you're going to have ten to 12,000 people. Yeah, you know, I feel like the – which I know the, the NIL ads and stuff are probably pre-scheduled, predetermined, but it always just seems like they pop up at a um, – not the best time, you <laughs> yeah. know, coming after a, a rough game or a loss. But, you know, like you said, it's it's definitely something that, you know, they want fans to contribute and be a part of it and this and that. But it's, you know, I'm sure hard for fans to want to open their checkbooks to what we're getting in return. And mm-hmm. I get it. There, there's both sides of it. You know, it's like, well, you contribute more, you know, it goes more to players. You get better. I mean, it's just kind of, you, you can argue it either which way. Yeah. Well, again, hopefully they get things turned around and really, cause I mean, it's tough to be on here and, and cause you know, they're playing bad and you really want to give the fans and, and talk about things and, have them to look forward to something, but when they're already cashed out, they're already looking for baseball season, it's like, you know, all right, we're going to do baseball. And then this Wednesday we're going to have Kevin Bohannon come on, a guru, to give us a baseball preview. We're going to have him on Wednesday, probably about 6.30, 7 o'clock on that. But we're going to end the show on some good notes. Um, you know, we would had Coach Keller Sims on the show. They dropped the first game to Missouri. They split with them this weekend, but – to have a uh, attendance record of over a thousand people in the Jones Center to watch them play, that tells you that there is a need for a bigger facility, their own facility or add-on. I mean, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. You see the state, you see the rank. How they fit a thousand people in there, I don't know. Yeah, you know. So congratulations to you know, and thank you to the fans for who who went and showed up and supported the mm-hmm. team and continue to do so. And we love having them on to talk about the hockey team. And it's just – it's those smaller sports like the rugby, the hockey, the soccer team. You look at the track and field team, softball, baseball, all the teams that are doing so well. We're just needing those two to kind of come together. And, and I don't know, Adam – Speaking, I mean, I think I can speak for both of us. If we had a full calendar year of championship caliber sports, Fayetteville would be a pretty daggum buzz in town. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the best that it's been at, I guess, was a couple few years ago when mm-hmm. you had, you know, top 10, top 15, top 20, or, you know, X amount of however many teams or every major sport was ranked, you know, at, a certain amount of time in the year or whatever it was. I think that was two or three years ago, but I mean, Fayetteville was, was hopping and booming mm-hmm. when that was going on. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, other, there was a game lost, but then it's just kind of like, you're like, all right, we're still okay. Versus now you lose a game and it's like, here we go. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's what, that's what's suppressing for the fans. And, you know, the fans are feeling like they, they have a voice, but it's they're, they're getting punished for that voice. And I don't think that should be the case. You know, we've talked about the, the boundaries, but to come out and say, well, this team's horrible, I'm, I can't wait for baseball season. 
that I get it. I totally get mm-hmm. the frustration of because you're not getting the effort you're seeing. And that's it's the thing. It'd be different if this team was bad. But they're not bad. They have talent. They're just playing bad. And they're not winning games that they should. You're dro- And you're dropping them by almost 20 points a game. I just have a bad feeling about next Saturday. Kentucky comes in and just mops the floor on game day. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, one, the program, and then the fans. And I'm not saying the program as a whole. I'm talking about year-to-year basis because we, we don't know. I mean, Musselman can completely turn this thing around next year and we're all back to where we should be. But that should be the exception. Mm-hmm. That's the exception or the expectation of this program. You're a Sweet 16 Elite 8 program now. Going to the NIT or not even make the NIT is unacceptable, whether that's the player's fault or the coach's fault or whoever's fault. It's mm-hmm. still unacceptable. Yep. And as, you know, the fans, we like you said, we have the right to feel that way, to voice that opinion, just, you know, do it in a way that is – I'm not saying you don't have to be all polite and everything, <laughs> but at the same time, just be respectful yep. about it. Well, it, it's just the thing. Don't go personal digs because yeah. one, it, it's it's when you have a protest and you do it the right way, your voice gets heard. But if you step, go off the beaten path, or you go out of pocket, everything you said before or after that means nothing now. So if you want to get your point across, there's a right way to do it, and it don't matter. You can even use vulgarity words, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the personal aspect of it, but. I want to see this program turn around. I want to see this thing rocking 365 days of the year. It was exciting when, you know, at the beginning of basketball season, you thought this team was going to be good. You've seen it last the last few years have been amazing. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's weird. You know, we've been through the ups and downs in this programs, and it's not fun when we're on the downs. Very true. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Again, we'll have Kevin Bohannon on Wednesday night at 6.30 to talk about the baseball team. We're presented to you by Bet Online, Arkansas Brewing Company, inside the Sterling Roastery and Soap Studios. We will catch you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.